0: This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 116. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. Hey, Kelly, this is Brett Hurst. And we're marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level.
1: I'm her husband.
0: Yes, you are. She's smart. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's see. You want to just jump right in?
1: Let's jump right in.
0: All right. Today's episode is called The Soulmate Model of Marriage. Say what? The Soulmate Model of Marriage.
1: You know I don't like that word.
0: I know. We're going to kind of break it down why we're not crazy about that word. All right. So while the idea of finding our other half goes all the way back to Plato... That's way back. That's very way. According to Wikipedia, the term soulmate first appeared in the English language in 1822.
1: Well, if it's in Wikipedia. In a must- letter
0: by Samuel, don't question my researching, in a letter by Samuel Taylor Coleridge, where he said, quote, to be happy in married life, you must have a soulmate. Do tell. Mm. So then, this was interesting, then beginning around 1980, the term soulmate skyrocketed into mainstream usage and is now a ubiquitous term when discussing marriage.
1: Well, we certainly hear the term a lot.
0: We do hear it a lot. So I want to ask you, Brett Hurst, what do you think people mean when they use the term soulmate?
1: I really don't have a total problem with the word. I think my issue with it is how frequently it's used in a consumeristic approach. Mm. You know, like I'm approaching marriage and I'm approaching future candidates for marriage Mm -hmm. with this mindset. How can they make me happy? How can they satisfy me? Mm -hmm. How can they bring me joy and all that?
0: Yeah. Well, I agree with that. I would add to that the thing that bothers me about the term because when I think about Soulmate, I think, okay, you and I have been married 33 years at the recording of this podcast. At least. Woo-hoo. At least.
1: Well, it's <laughs> been at least 33 years.
0: So my you know, when I think about someone else fitting with me, I go, I think, nah. Brett Hirsch is the only one. Like I, I'm glad to hear you say that. <laughs> I would not have been happy with anybody else. Keep
1: running with that <laughs> mentality. But,
0: but I think there are people, let's say, before they get married, mm-hmm. who have this mindset of a soulmate. A Hollywood soulmate. A Hollywood soulmate in the sense that they think... There's only one person on the planet mm-hmm. who's the fit for them, right? and that they could not be happy with anybody else. Right. And I don't think I subscribe to that.
1: Right. In other Does words, that make sense? Sure. In other words, it's not all about the pink phone number on the $5 bill.
0: <laughs> Referencing one of our favorite movies, Serendipity.
1: Well... <laughs> I don't know if it's it's one of my favorite movies. Well,
0: I do love that movie, but it's crazy. But the whole soulmate thing, for sure. So I I really and truly think, like, uh, if you and I had never met, Uh you know, I think I probably could have married someone else and been happy.
1: I don't want to talk about that. I can't
0: envision that because I've been married to you for 33 years. But, (laughs) you know, so this idea that we can only match up with another person or with one other person and be truly happy. Right. I think can set up some disillusionment.
1: Sure, certainly.
0: Yeah, but it's a nice sounding, lovely idea, isn't it?
1: Well, and as Christians, we do believe that God is involved in our life and how we've come together and. How we found each other.
0: Now we're getting theological. Well, but
1: it is true.
0: (laughs) I know, but I mean, like that, you know. uh, Yeah, I mean, we're mixing the ideas of I could be happy with whoever I'm compatible with, right? With does God have one person? I mean, when I think about if I had married someone else, I wouldn't have the two children that I have. The two exact children that I have. You know, don't you forget it? (laughs) So that's kind of, I guess, what we think is wrong with the the soulmate model is that it can set you up for disillusionment.
1: Right. Well, I think it just sets you up for so it can set you up for self-serving expectations.
0: Yeah, I like that better actually. That's something that I think a lot of people don't the consumerist mindset that you were talking about is I don't think people think about that when they're thinking of soulmate.
1: Yeah, I would rather counsel a young individual who's wanting to be married and thinking about being married is To focus more on, am I ready to serve somebody the rest of my life?
0: Yeah, because I think so many people in our world and our generation are looking for the right person Mm -hmm. or the perfect mate. Few people are actually wanting to become
1: the right person, the great
0: Mate, You know, working on themselves. Well, here's a here's a quote from this article that I found. And I thought this was was really a good one to quote. The article is entitled Better for Worse by W. Bradford Wilcox and Elise Elhage. And they say the soulmate model was also predicated on particular economic and political conditions. Psychologist Eli Finkel has argued that starting about five decades ago, husbands and wives felt free to climb what he calls Mount Maslow, referring to the hierarchy of needs defined by psychologist Abraham Maslow. Mm-hmm. The idea here is that as the market and the state took care of more and more basic needs like food and shelter, and as Americans depended less on their families to meet those needs, married couples felt free to focus on seemingly more exalted self-actualization needs, like emotional connection, personal fulfillment, and marital happiness. Mm-hmm. So, according to this article, they sort of make the contrast between the soulmate model of marriage and then what they call the family first model of marriage, Mm -hmm. which they describe as depending on a till death do us part ethic. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Right. And I think it begs the question can you subscribe to both the idea of a soulmate and till death do us part? I mean, I I don't... Are they
1: mutually exclusive? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I don't either. I think both are possible.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Mm -hmm. So I kind of disagree. I I like the article in general, but I kind of disagree with this idea that it's a one or the other. Mm -hmm. Again, I think where the soulmate thing gets us hung up is particularly, and you and I have seen this in our work, is if a person finds themselves in an unhappy or unsatisfied season of their marriage... And they start to think, boy, I should have married the guy I dated in college, you know, Mm -hmm. or I should have never let her get away that, you know, the girlfriend I had when I was 25. Mm -hmm. That was my real soulmate and I missed out. Right. Then you start comparing and, you know, and I think that's that can lead to a real dangerous place.
1: Well, you and I know from working with couples all these years that the glue of a marriage is commitment. Yeah. True. So yeah. so that's the till death do us part mm-hmm. portion of this. So whether that's the more noble option of the two if you're picking one or the other, and you don't have to pick one or the other. Uh-huh. But if that is important and it's vitally important to the yeah. success of a marriage, is is commitment. All of this reminds me of the C. S. Lewis quote that says, you know, in the pursuit of heaven and earth, aim for heaven mm-hmm. and you'll get earth thrown in. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's all about keeping your priorities straight, which is, I think the bottom line question is, am I willing to be committed to this person for life? Yeah. You know, not what does he or she look like or how much mm-hmm. money they make or, you know, all these other or things. Or how do
0: they make me feel? How
1: they make me feel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not that those things... Don't have certain weight. Yeah. You do want to make those kinds of decisions too.
0: Sure. And you want a happy relationship. And we, we don't poop Sexual any attraction, of that. Yeah. And
1: physical, all that kind of stuff.
0: <laughs> but I, I like what Larry Crabb says when, when he says, you know, most of us on our wedding day, when we say I do, what we're really saying is, you know, you do a great job of making me feel good. So, you just keep on doing that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's really what we, because we don't know. Right. Really, what we don't know. Mm-hmm. But the commitment piece is enormous. I remember, Brett, you and I, when we first got married, you know, we came from a steady line of divorce parents, mm-hmm. grandparents, on both sides yeah. of the family and family. Yeah, you were very adamant in helping us sort of envision this idea of. We're breaking that chain of mm-hmm. divorce we're We're just doing it, mm-hmm. and we always tell our young engaged couples this you know when when you decide divorce is not an option, and again, we're not talking about abuse and you know right. when there are sometimes divorce needs to happen, we're not talking about that,
1: yeah, it's pretty rare. we're though. talking
0: about getting out of divorce when you're just unfulfilled right. or you know whatever mm-hmm. and so we always tell our young couples that we work with. You know, you can do two things when you decide divorce is not an option. One is you can go, oh my gosh. I'm stuck for the rest of my life. This is going <laughs> to suck, you know, or you can be like, Hey, no one's getting out of this. So we better make this as good as we can because we don't want to be stuck miserable together. Right. You know? So when I think of that commitment, I think about this hilarious story. I, I really like to listen to Dax Shepard's podcast. And for our listeners, if you don't know who that is, uh, he's an actor and he's married to Kristen Bell, who's also an actress. Anyway, he's got a great, really fun podcast. It's a little salty. So if you don't like, you know, salty language, don't listen to it. But he's got, he has great interview guests. And he told the story about when he and his wife, Kristen, when they were first dating and in a relationship, they both got booked for the same movie together. Okay, And he said, they went and talked to the director or the producer of the movie. And they said, Hey, just let you know, we're in a relationship. We're in a new relationship. Mm -hmm. And the director said, well, uh, then one of you's got to go because I've done the whole thing where I try to do movies with... With people who are in relationships, it never works out. They'll end up breaking up, and it'll ruin the whole thing.
1: Good old Hollywood.
0: Yeah, exactly. So they said, so Dax Shepard said, you know, and I, and I hope I'm getting this right, but I'm paraphrasing. He said, you know, what if we promise you, what if we guarantee you we're not going to break up while we're filming this movie? The guy said, all right, that better be. I think he even gave him some kind of financial incentive, you know, huh. or something. To Anyway, so Dax and Kristen found a therapist. Right away, because uh-huh. they wanted to have someone sort of helping them along. Sure enough, they went through this really bumpy period. They did not like each other. They were mad at each other, arguing all the time. And they finally told their therapist, look, we can't break up because we promised yeah. this director. Our, our career depends upon us. Yeah, exactly. This, yeah. Like, we can't. we can't do it. And the therapist just very kind of, you know, matter of factly said, well, just so you know, this is commitment. Mm-hmm. This is what commitment is. It's what like, it looks like no one's leaving. No one's getting out. Right. So you're just going to make it good. Mm-hmm. And for he said for them, really, that was the first time the their eyes really went. Oh wow,
1: that's what marriage that's is. That's what it is. Yeah,
0: it's making. It's getting out of the hard stuff and figuring it out and mm-hmm. working together and all that. Yeah. So here's a quote I like from the article that I mentioned before. It says. In a family-first marriage, the emotional communion between husband and wife motivates their matrimony. Don't you love that word, matrimony? You never hear that anymore.
1: It's a lovely word. It is.
0: But so, too, does a concern for giving their children a stable home.
1: Muy importante.
0: Keeping their heads above water financially, helping other family members, and honoring their vows to remain together. So they go on to cite that... The divorce rate fell immediately following the Great Recession of 2008, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just like we quoted in last episode.
1: It fell during COVID. It
0: fell during COVID. Or 2020 COVID. So this article, I think, along with some other research that I've seen, predicts that the post-pandemic future for married families looks kind of bright, you know, with marriages emerging stronger, more stable, Mm -hmm. and I have to say, I like that prediction.
1: I do, too. I do, too. Yeah. The sunshine in the midst of the dark stuff.
0: That's right. So, you are my soulmate, Brett.
1: Oh, well, I will (laughs) accept that, and I feel the same way about you,
0: But we just need to be careful about it with with young couples who are starry-eyed, looking for their soulmate. We need to be sort of helping them see that...
1: Well, we just want their roots to grow deeper so that they'll... Be anchored in the one who made marriage and anchored in uh, their commitment to one another.
0: There you go. Well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriage to the or And if you're enjoying Marriage to the Max, help us keep it going by supporting Home Encouragement. Just go to homeencouragement.org and click the Donate button. Any amount helps. And I want to say a big thank you to Liz and Katie for writing a sweet review for us on Apple Podcasts. That was so nice. We would be thrilled if you would rate us and write a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people to find Marriage to the Max. Well, thank y'all so much for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.